I can't do this, Will. Oh, <laughs> if you just follow my lead, though, you can do the other part. I, I can't remember the other part. Wait. Do, 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 do. Do 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 do. Do do. Nope. Wrong wrong song. <laughs> that was Zelda. I know. You just started to do Zelda. Um, it's do 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 do. What? What part are you singing? Are you doing Lavender Town? No, it's our theme song. Oh, our theme song. Oh my god. Yeah. I thought we were doing a theme song to a video game. No. <laughs> no, I'm doing our song. It goes like this. Okay. <laughs> and now I can't even remember the theme song that I'm trying to do. Um, well, welcome to the Smug Butts. <laughs> yeah, I'm Liz, and I'm talking to Will. Hi, Will. Hi, Will. It's me, Liz. Liz. I mean, shit, I fucked up the joke. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very tired, Um, Will, and also you've asked me to do a lot of mental gymnastics I was not expecting. Yeah, so uh, I got the sense that, uh, yeah, you might be tired. It's later for you, as always, Uh than it is for me, and you've had a long day. You walked, what, 15,000 steps, you were telling me? 15,000 steps, four and a quarter miles, um... Our recent guest bud, my brother, uh, got a new job and he's moving to me. He's moving down here. Not exactly here, but the DMV. Um, Welcome to me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And um, we were helping him look for apartments. And Blake said, Blake, like, I said, I was like, Blake, we walked 15,000 steps. And he, like, tapped his fucking Fitbit. And he was like, it says I walked 12,000. I was like, okay, well, you have longer legs than I do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, that makes a difference. Well. Also, Despite, my, I don't have a hmm? fit. I don't have a Fitbit. I just have my like Google Fit on my phone. So really, what it's doing is measuring like just the distance based on the GPS. Is that an app that you installed, or is that just something that comes with your phone? It's an app I, that I installed, okay. and um, I installed it because in Pokemon Go, this is a great transition. Um, sure. In Pokemon Go, you can have your step tracker linked to it. So if you're walking without the app open, it'll add um, steps to, like, eggs that you're trying to hatch and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and candies that you're earning from your buddy. And so I don't have a Fitbit, but I was like, I could use this. So I just downloaded this, like, free app. So I just have to have my phone on me is the only thing. Right. Okay. Well, yeah, that gives away what we're going to talk about. Uh, despite the how tired you are, the state that you're in, the the hour that it is, I want to thank you for being uh, my co-host on this, the first episode of Pokemon Go to the Pod. <laughs> it's part of the Smug Buds family of podcasts. <laughs> I would like to welcome you to our joint season finale. That's right. Yes, which, it is a joint episode, which was originally called um, in our notes. I'm still playing Pokemon Go (parentheses) and so are you, which and applies so you. to either of us. Yes, and I, I think, yeah, it, it it's 2018 or 2019. I can't remember <laughs> when I wrote that note, but yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. we're still playing Pokemon Go. 
I know what year it is. I just, <laughs> I just I think I might have written that in 2018. I think I think too. I think it's worth mentioning um, that um, somebody part of the reason this came up as that title was you and I had both been playing basically since the game's inception and. Um, we didn't know about it until like midway through recording the first season of the podcast. <laughs> right. Yeah. I like confessed that I was still playing Pokemon Go. Like I we weren't like, friends this in is the kind game. kind of embarrassing, but. Yeah. And then you were like, oh, I'm still playing it too. <laughs> and then we became friends. <laughs> in that in moment. The game. In the game. And in life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we weren't friends before then, but. You said that we were playing it from the inception. Did you start? Did you not start right when it started? I did not start right away. Did you start right away? I did. Okay, so I have this habit, but but of, I had like a weird. I had I've had a weird relationship with it that I can explain to you after you go. Okay, so I just have this habit of when something new comes out. Generally, I don't get excited about things. Mm-hmm. I love to anticipate things. I was going to say that, that I this just feels like a lie to me, but continue. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this might sound contradictory, but yes, there are things I am excited about <laughs> that I enjoy the anticipation of them. Mm. Certain movies, certain video games, etc. But a lot of times, something will come out or it'll be teased, and even if it seems like it should appeal to me. Mm-hmm. I have some kind of a resistance to it. I'm like, eh, I'm not really interested in that. Mm-hmm. And Pokemon Go was one of those things. And let me tell you how long I've had this habit, this this part of my personality. <laughs> Pokemon itself was like that oh, to me. Oh, uh-huh. Like, I was aware of Pokemon when Red and Blue came out and friends and family were playing it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's not for me. I'm not interested. Mm-hmm. And then I got on board a little late. I didn't hold out for very long, but I think I held out for at least a matter of weeks before I caved to the pressure. But as a, I, so I, um, started playing. Well, I mean, I think, and I think that this is a good segue to our beginning relationship with Pokemon in general, which is that yeah. my, I don't know when other people were playing it, but I had, it, it was starting to become a phenomenon. We'll say that. And it was mm-hmm. this, well, let me, let me actually say this. I don't know when I started playing it in relation to how much other people were playing it, except for the fact sure. that it was starting to become a phenomenon. And it was the summer between fourth and fifth grade for me. Okay. So it was, um, 1999. Okay. Because uh, fifth, so, fifth grade was the millennium. Right. And um, I saved – it was the summer, and I was watching the anime. It mm-hmm. seemed like a game I could play. I, and I've written an essay about this for Cartridge Lit, your lit mag. Um, well, thanks. I don't think of it that way, but yes, I, <laughs> I work on it. For the lit mag that you are co-editor of. That's true. Um, And we'll link to that essay it appealed to me because you, I thought you'll link to that essay. Yes, in the show notes. Um <laughs> because it seemed like I could play it because it was turn based and I was not mm-hmm. I did not have the muscle memory that people do in playing Mario or whatever. Uh, you yeah. know, other sort of platformers or, or any other game like that. 
And so mm-hmm. I, I saved up. I did as many menial tasks as I could for my parents and grandfather and grandmother, actually, at the time. She was still alive, who lived across the street, um, to save up. I believe I bought a game, a used original Game Boy for $20 mm-hmm. that was missing the battery case cover. Cool. And then I bought Pokemon Blue. And then the first oh, okay. day I played it, I played it from the moment I woke up to the moment I fell asleep. And the phosphines, the, like, blotches of color you see when you close your eyes... I remember closing yeah. my eyes that night and they were pixelated. Yeah. Yeah, that'll happen. Um yeah, and then it was like, I mean, it was over. That that was how. Well, and then I and then I I played it a lot. I played Pokémon Snap. I played the Pikachu game, which was weird. <laughs> um but I when never When you say the Pikachu game. The Pikachu like Hello, I don't remember what it was called. It was like the Pikachu game for N64 where like Pikachu was like hanging out. Like I don't, like it was so boring. I don't even remember what you did. It was like. Interesting. You really made it. They really didn't have the technology for what I think they wanted it to be. But it was like, you know, Pikachu, people would like, you know, jerk off in a puddle for Pikachu. So like. Yeah, well said. (laughs) Um, And then after doing, oh, and I also played the card game. I played the card game really intensely and I, and would go to media play to, um, uh, battle with other people, but I didn't, I mean, this was, and this was all, as I think I've mentioned in other podcasts, like part of this was like, surely I'll get a friend out of this. <laughs> and I, yes. I did not. Um, but I did all of this. I did a lot of this. I was really, really into it from a lot of different facets for like probably two years and then, uh, just totally abandoned it. And didn't play a Pokemon game again until I replayed Blue in college. Um, mm-hmm. and was, oh no, I take that back. I take that back. I replayed Blue the week I graduated from high school on an emulator, okay. but I didn't finish it because then I did other cool things like, you know, hang out with my boyfriend or whatever. And then, um, I played it again my senior year and I didn't actually play a new Pokemon game until fast way forward. Um, Pokemon Go and fast even way forward than that. Um, when Elliot was in the hospital for his heart surgery. And when I say when he was in the hospital, I mean like as his heart was stopped and they were performing surgery, I was like sitting there on Kenny's Game Boy or on Kenny's DS, like playing Pokemon, um, and, uh, XY and like trying to like, think of anything but the fact that my son's heart was literally not beating. <laughs> uh-huh. And that's my whole relationship with what games I've played. Wow. It's remarkable that that is not a part of an essay that you wrote about your relationship to video games, but I can see why. <laughs> I mean, I can see why it doesn't fit into the essay that you wrote. Yes. But when you recall that memory, that sounds like Well, I think when instant, I wrote that essay, that hadn't memoir. happened yet. Okay. Uh, all right. That Yeah, that makes sense, I guess. So I was Googling a little bit while you were talking, mm-hmm. trying to get to the bottom of the, the Pikachu game for N64. Yeah, what the fuck was it called? I don't think I had it, but I could kind of remember what you were talking about. And I, in my memory, it's like Nintendogs. Yes. But with Pikachu. Yes. So I Googled Nintendogs for Pikachu N64. <laughs> And it worked because I got the result. The name of the video game is Hey You Pikachu. Hey you. I remember I said I thought it was like Hello Pikachu or something like that. 
<laughs> it's even more aggressive than that. Hey, you! Pikachu! Uh, and Get out of the road! <laughs> hey, you fucking Pikachu over here. Uh, it came out on Nintendo 64 in December 1998. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you, you said that you were originally playing Pokemon Blue was your first one. Yeah. In the summer of 1999. Yes. So that comes like almost a year or like three quarters of a year after that game came out in North America. Mm -hmm. Pokemon Red and Blue, the original duo of games, uh, came out for the Game Boy uh, in September 1998. Right. And so I sort of kind of remember being like back to school and then this new game comes out. And it's the hot shit that everyone wants and everyone's playing. Mm-hmm. And I sort of remember that it was sold to me as an RPG. Mm-hmm. And I understood an RPG to be like Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, it's like a, it's like an, it's like a turn-based combat adventure game. Like Final Fantasy, but instead of having a party of people, you have like a roster of monsters. Mm-hmm. Monsters that, that fit in your pocket. If you can imagine some pocketable monsters. <laughs> um, and I could because we had Tamagotchis. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I did too. And uh, I, uh, that that idea of a game didn't super appeal to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I hadn't really played RPGs at all. Uh, that those were like older kid games to me that like I wouldn't touch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, at some point I caved and I got Pokemon Red was my first one. Oh. And I remember. Okay, so so you were when you were playing in summer of 1999. You were. 10 years yes, old? Yes, I was. I was 10. Okay. I was solidly so, 10, almost 11, because my birthday's in September. And when I was first playing Pokemon Red, I would have been eight going on nine years old. Yeah, that's really funny, Will. And this leads into my point that we were born at the perfect time for Pokemon to be one of the defining yes. pop cultural phenomena of our lives, uh-huh. of our entire lives, persisting, uh-huh. obviously, to this day. Yes. You could almost say that Pokemon is our Star Wars. Yes. Which I thought of saying until I realized it's a close second. Actually, Harry Potter is our Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> Do you agree with me? I agree with you. Yeah. And I don't mean Star Wars in the sense of like, the best movie or the most formative movie, but like entire pop cultural phenomenon uh-huh. of your generation. So yes. like if you were born in 19, I was born in 1990, uh-huh. right? Mm-hmm. So perfect for Pokemon, also Harry Potter. If you were born in 1970, your Star Wars is Star Wars. Mm-hmm. If you were born in 1980, I would say your Star Wars is Super Mario. <laughs> yeah it's true if you were born in 1990 like me your star wars is harry potter but pokemon mm-hmm. is a close second i think if you were born in 2000 your star wars is minecraft 
I would agree. And if you were born in 2010, I regret to inform you that your Star Wars is Fortnite. Fortnite. Yeah. Fortnite is your Star Wars. Mm-hmm. All you nine-year-olds right now. <laughs> I will say, you know, I know you said that, like, ours are... Um, our Star Wars is really is really Pokemon, but it's really Harry Potter. I I will say I think that there's a real key difference because I'm also deeply into Harry Potter. Um, and I will say that I think the difference between yeah. the two is that as much as I love Pokemon and as much as it's a rich world and people have done a lot of things with it, and there's a television series, mm-hmm. um. Which is funny too, right? Because Star Wars, I mean, while there are many forms of media for all of these things, Star Wars is really movies. Mm-hmm. Harry Potter is really books. And poke. I think that's an old way of thinking, but uh, just, just, I will go along with it. Stay with me here for a second, because I think that all of these are multifaceted. I um, am. I am. And I am. Pokemon is, I would say, really both the TV show and the video game, but the TV show and the video game mm-hmm. are both of Pokemon are so shallow in terms of narrative <laughs> comparatively with Harry Potter and Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's part yeah. of the reason why Harry Potter sort of wins that round just because um, mm-hmm. a lot of the narrative that comes up in Pokemon is just not nearly as rich until we make it rich. Right. Yeah, it's like a lot of video game narratives, especially popular mainstream video game narratives. There's a lot mm-hmm. of room for headcanon uh, because what you are actually given is yeah. somewhat shallow. Okay, so just to, just to fill in, so you gave your whole history of, you know, 20 years with these games with the franchise just to fill in the gap for me uh, like i said red was my first one i was playing it when it came out in 98 i was eight years old i played i have played every generation oh kenny was wondering that I've, specifically I've that's cool every, yeah yeah i've played uh-huh. i haven't played every pokemon game because that would yeah, include yeah, like yeah. a bunch of spin-offs and stuff that I haven't touched and some of them I know nothing about but the core series I have played all of them. So I played Red when and when it came out in 98, I played Silver mm-hmm. when Gold and Silver came out in 2000, I was 10. I played Sapphire in 2003 uh and uh, I was 13. I played Pearl in 2007, mm-hmm. I was 17. Uh, that was the first one on the right. Nintendo DS, and I distinctly remember it was senior year of high school for me uh, because for gym class that year, we could opt to go to the fitness center at the school instead of participating in some kind too. of a team sport. And I, sh- I remember being oh. like, I'm not doing that. And now I'm looking. But then as soon as I got into college, I was like, what the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> I could have so much more benefited, benefited uh-huh, yeah. from learning how to do weight training and just like running for like 30 minutes. We were in the fitness center mostly unsupervised, but we were expected to keep a journal of what we were doing <laughs> in there. Huh. And I went there because I hated athletic competition of all kinds so of much course. because yeah. uh, that's something I've 
never been even close to good at. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, uh, so I would take, take my DS into the fitness center and I would uh, like be on the exercise bike and like playing yes. Pokemon Pearl yes. while I'm uh, biking. Um, I played Pokemon Y when it came out in 2013. And oh, I'm sorry, I skipped one. I, I played Pokemon White when it came out in 2011. I was 21 years old and I was in Scotland. I was oh, studying wow. abroad That's in Scotland. Uh, I, I got to play, I think if I remember correctly, Black and White came out a few days earlier in Europe than it did in North America. Mm-hmm. So I was playing it like a few days earlier than I mm-hmm. would have normally been able to. Mm-hmm. Um, I played Y when it came out in 2013. I was 23. That was the first one on the 3DS. Mm-hmm. And most recently, except for Pokemon Go, which we're going to mostly talk about, uh, I, I played Pokemon Moon uh, when it came ah. out three years ago. And uh, to answer what you might be your next question. I did not play all of these games to completion. Mm-hmm. I played most of them. I distinctly remember I didn't finish Pokemon White. And I definitely didn't finish Pokemon Moon. Mm-hmm. Most recently. I did finish Pokemon Y. And I remember that being a really fun, good experience. It was. It yeah. felt good to be like, when I beat it, I was like, I'm a Pokemon master again. Like, this is, you know... <laughs> You know, re- bringing me back to my childhood, but it, in like a current updated kind of a way. In, so, in in talking to you, I'm also remembering. I also played Pokemon Yellow. I played Pokemon mm-hmm. Stadium, which you could import yep. your Pokemon into. I also Very played cool. the Pokemon card game video game. <laughs> and sure. I have watched, as we know, as you'll know if you read my essay, I have watched yeah. Kenny play a lot of Pokemon Moon as well Uh um uh he reads to me every night when i go to bed because i'm a child and i need to be put to bed (laughs) and there was a while when he was playing it um moon specifically when i would say why don't you just play pokemon and i'll watch you (laughs) Uh play that to fall asleep can i say something really quick about pokemon go too i know i mean we're sort of going to talk mainly about this but one more thing is you said that you didn't start playing right away. Yeah. I did start playing right away, but I've had some gaps because when it came out, do you know, when did it come out, Will? July 6th, 2016. And what was I doing on July 6th, 2016? <laughs> 2016? 2016. Uh, maybe you were time traveling, I'm <laughs> guessing? <laughs> I was fucking really pregnant. And so one of the big things you were not with, walking around a lot. I was because when I was pregnant, if you'll remember from our um, flagship episode, yep, um, I had a lot of trouble walking, and so um, getting to a place where I could reach a pokey stop and get pokeballs was really difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, finding. I know the library was a pokey stop, and so I would go to the library with Kenny, um, and mm-hmm. we'd read books, and I would sit just next to the pokey stop and right. like just spin it because yeah. I I ran out of pokeballs constantly, which never happens to me anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was playing, but so slowly. And then after I gave, and then when I gave birth, and I was finally going for walks again, I was playing a lot. And then I kind of mm-hmm. stopped for a while, and then I started up again, and then. Um, when Kenny's dad was in the hospital, I s- totally stopped. And then I got a new phone 
and never re-downloaded it onto my phone. And so it mm. wasn't until last summer. Okay. Um, where I had stopped playing for like seven or eight months that I was like, I should play this game again. And it was like a yeah. whole new world at that point. My, my workplace was a gym now. Gyms mm. also were pokey stops, which was not right. the case. Yeah. <laughs> um, and suddenly the game was a lot easier for me to play both because they had made enhancements and because I, um, was not incapacitated by my pregnancy. Right. And you were working at a Pokemon gym, Mm -hmm. which has its advantages. Yes. And its systems, which we'll get to later in the episode. So I remember what I was going to say, because you were talking about the other things that you consumed and played. And I was just going to fill in for myself. Like, yes, I also played the card game. Not as much as Magic the Gathering, so I don't remember it that well. Uh, I watched the anime, and I loved the anime. There was a stretch of time where I would watch a rerun, like, first thing in the morning, like, right before school. Like, that was yep. a ritual. Yes, yes, it was me on, too. Yeah, I think it was on Kids WB. It came on right after Sailor Moon, which I never watched. Mm. I have no, I have no, absolutely nothing in my brain about Sailor Moon except the end credits. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. When I learned that there were other um, planets, Sailor Jupiter, etc., I was like, "Oh, what the fuck!" <laughs> and he was like, "Liz, sure." So before we really concentrate on the Pokemon Go of it all, one of the questions I have for you was: first time you played Pokemon Blue, who was your very first starter Pokemon? Can you guess? I think that you are a Squirtle chick. Bulbasaur. Me too. Okay. I would have guessed Charmander for you. Mm-mm. Because I think <laughs> I think of the people who pick Charmander as being like um a little Hot-tempered. bit e- egotistical. <laughs> sure. Uh-huh. Bulbasaur just felt like solid, safe, mm. reasonable. Also, mm-hmm. green's my favorite color. Yeah. Also, he looks like a mixture between like a turtle and a frog, and frogs are my favorite animal, so. I was thinking about this. I was thinking, why did I pick Bulbasaur when basically everyone around me was picking Squirtle? I suspect that it may be because Bulbasaur doesn't resemble a real animal yeah, in that makes the sense. way that Squirtle and Charmander do. Like, yes, Charmander. Absolutely is recognizably like a lizard with its tail on fire. Mm -hmm. Squirtle is a turtle that stands upright. Yeah. (laughs) Bulbasaur is like... A real Pokemon. A dinosaur that like sort of looks like a cat in the face, sort of. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it has like a a plant for a back. Yeah. And it's like, like, that's cool. Like, I've never seen that before. Uh So, yeah, I uh, passionately... Uh, chose Bulbasaur. I was very happy to. And what now? I have a question for you, really quick. Yeah. What was your favorite Pokemon out of the original 150? It's still my favorite Pokemon today, uh, and it was, and is, and forever shall be, uh, Gengar. Really? Yeah, Gengar's my favorite. <laughs> He's so goofy looking. He's cool. He's like the worst out of the the Ghost Trio. No, he's not. <laughs> the ghost trio is 100% great. He's like from so Gasly, fat. From he's Gasly like to Haunter to Gengar. So you have to understand, I 
I had a Gengar pillow. I had a big purple pillow that was shaped like Gengar. Gengar is great because Gengar is. I just started laughing so hard, but I had beer in my mouth and I like yeah. could not. Yeah, could you, not you get had that a little. Anywhere. You had a, a momentary emergency. <laughs> Gengar, I think, is the perfect fusion of like <clears throat> he's spooky, scary. He's cool yeah. looking. Uh-huh. Also, he's kind of cute. He's like, yeah. b- he's like a big pudgy guy. Yeah, he is cute. But I like his, you know, creepy eyes and mouth, and you know, always smiling. And he's like a, he's a ghost. Like, he's everything. He's, he's, yeah. he's, he's, he's a, he's a four quadrant success. Uh huh. Same question to you. Lapras. Okay. Is that current? past or constant so that was my favorite for a very long time and i liked lapras for reason i the the words i'm going to say are not accurate but this was like my emotion i liked lapras because she was so pretty oh uh uh-huh sure (laughs) which i say because lapras is clearly not male or female Uh um especially not at this point in the game series Mm -hmm. um i liked that she looked sort of like um, I absolutely thought she was female, though. I thought mm-hmm. that she was so pretty. I liked how big she was. She was so much bigger than a lot of the Pokemon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved water Pokemon. I liked the idea that when you sort of swam in Pokemon, it like I felt like she actually I could be on her back for. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought she was like elegant. Yeah. My current favorite Pokemon. I like a lot of them. Yeah. Um. Especially with Pokemon Go introducing me to a lot of the ones that I just hadn't run into otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think my favorite Pokemon is Gyarados. And I don't know if I'm saying mm. that right. How do you say it? I say Gyarados. Gyarados? I've, ne- I've, Kenny and I have, I used to say Gyarados and Kenny was like, mm-hmm. that's not right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, that's my favorite Pokemon because it felt like such a secret to unlock. And I realized, mm. and the second time I played through it, I um, got that Pokemon as soon as I possibly could. Mm-hmm. I'm, of course, referring to the fact that Gyarados evolves from Magikarp, which is a useless Pokemon. Right. Um, And, like, can you imagine playing that game without a guide or anything like that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And being like, this Pokemon's useless, Um, but when you actually put effort into it, it becomes, like, the most powerful Pokemon. It's a dragon yeah. Pokemon and a water Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Um, it can also do like psy beam, I think. Mm. Um, so it just, it had like really strong, diverse attacks. I mean, it was yeah. the best one and I still metaphorically like it best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a good narrative. There's like a built in narrative to like a Magikarp becomes a Gyarados. Can you believe also- it? It looks cool as shit. It's yeah, like a yeah. giant water dragon. It looks scary mm-hmm. as hell. It's right. like. Every yeah, version it's of very it looks cool. cool. Yeah, um, I it's, it's, yeah, that's interesting that you have a, a partiality to water Pokemon. I and as yet, somebody and who picks Bulbasaur, Bulbasaur over I Squirtle. As someone who picks Bulbasaur hands down every time, yeah, I do too. really love water Pokemon in general. I think that they're usually really pretty and and yeah. um, cool. <laughs> yeah, um, I can get on board. With your choices, uh, I yeah I can't dispute any of that. Do you, do you have a least favorite Pokemon? Um, 
Yes, I do. And it's a new one from Pokemon. Well, do I have a least favorite in the original 151 or do I have a least in favorite? General. In general. Yes, I do. I think it's um Walreen. Okay. I'm going to find it. So it comes from a Sfeel. Yeah, okay. Is it the middle or the ultimate one? It's the ultimate one. It's the okay. final evolution. I'm bringing up my Pokemon Go right now so I can like yeah. make sure that I get this correct. I um, do think that that is an example of a, sort of a trend that I've noticed where a Pokemon in, in the evolutionary chain starts out as something great in its concept, yes. especially for the way that it is like adorable. Yes. And then in its evolution becomes a monster that I don't want to look at. Yeah. So, okay. So, Sfeel is the first one, and I'm showing this to you. It's this, like, balloon of a seal Pokemon. Sfeel is a triumph of design and (laughs) naming. It is a spherical seal. Yeah. And then that evolves into Celio, which is, again... A seal Pokemon is cute as shit. It's got a giant mustache. It has a great big mustache. That is a good design choice. Okay. And then what's this motherfucker? (laughs) Yeah. And then it becomes like Weird Al Yankovic with tusks. No, no, no. Not Weird Al Yankovic. Like Uh, Albert Einstein? Watermelon comedian. Gallagher. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It becomes Gallagher with tusks. Like a terrifying clown. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, not very good. I hate that one because I didn't, I, I don't look up these evolutions ahead of time if I don't know them on Pokemon Go so I can like be surprised. Mm -hmm. I mean, if I see them like in the, I say in the wild, quote unquote, I, I don't try to avoid that. But if I, and so when I like evolved my Celio, I was so excited and then was just truly horrified. The other Pokemon that I would say is apps, at least my favorite in Pokemon Go. Mm-hmm. Is Ludicolo. Do you know this one? Uh, not by name. So do you know Lotad? Lotad's the one that looks like a lily yes. pad. Right. Yes. Okay. That and then evolves... it becomes like a pine cone, like a dancing pine cone, right? It becomes a dancing pineapple. Oh, yeah. Look yeah. at this animation. Oh, right. It's this like yeah. pineapple that's dancing around. And this mm-hmm. was also, this was the opposite, which is that Lotad. Lotad is like a weird sort of like just the head of a duck, but with a lily pad on top. Yes. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then, um, you get to, um, you get to the next one, which I forget what that one's called, but it looks really sad is the mm-hmm. only way I can describe it. Like it's yeah. a taller, it's called, um, Lombre. Yeah. And Lombre looks really sad. It's got arms and legs suddenly. It's like a Mm -hmm. weird angsty teenager. Yeah. And then that suddenly... So I thought, oh, well, this is not good. Like, this is not a good evolution. And then it evolves into literally, like, a fuzzy pineapple that's got the duck thing. It's doing a... The animation is doing a dance, which literally none of these Pokemon do. And it's got, like, a fucking hat with, like, another pineapple on top. It's so weird. I think that opens up another conversation, which is cases where the animation that they've made for the Pokemon in Pokemon Go um, kind of ruins a Pokemon for me. And the <laughs> other the other case of this that I'm thinking of is uh, Drowsy. Oh, in, yeah. In theory, I love Drowsy. Drowsy mm-hmm. is a great design. 
I love mm-hmm. the idea of taking a tapir and painting it half yellow and making it psychic. Yeah. <laughs> and making like the bottom half like it's just sitting in mud. Right. Yeah. Great design. But they've animated him so that he is constantly wiggling his fingers at you. <laughs> and I well, hate he's that. Doing, he's doing his psychic shit. Yeah. It looks so creepy. Yeah. And not, well, it, not in fair, a cool way. It looks creepy in a really pervy way. I feel like Drowsy does that in the anime, though, right? I don't care. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So, okay. So th- those are our sort of favorites. What do you want to talk about with Pokemon Go specifically? Because, like, that's, you know, we're talking about Pokemon, but we're really trying to focus on the thing we're playing most often, which is Pokemon Go. Yeah. And I think if this is worth talking about at all, it I it's worth talking about because this game is three years old uh-huh. and we are still playing it. And you said that you took a break for a while. I've taken, like, short breaks here and there but they've been pretty negligible mm-hmm. like i've been a pretty consistent daily active user of this app for like three years yep mm-hmm. and i do it every day mm-hmm. and i don't enjoy it you don't like it no not anymore oh well i do i've had mo- i have had moments of joy from it in the past three years mm-hmm but it has been boring and a total bummer for maybe like the past year. Oh, Will, I'm so sorry. And I'm still going. Uh-huh. So one question that I want to ask is, in Pokemon Go, how many Pokemon do you currently have? Like like actual like Yeah, copies. when you go to look at your Pokemon. I have 442. Okay. And I've, that's, there's very few doubles there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I don't, I did clean out all of my doubles that I caught earlier today for the most part, but mm-hmm. like the doubles I have are like a bunch of, um, like, um, legendary Pokemon. And there mm-hmm. are a couple of Pokemon, like if I have a shiny, there's a double. Yeah. I have two Tauroses because I caught, they're both really high level and I thought I might trade them at some point. And like, I also, I had evolved a Gyarados early on, and then we we got the special. There's like special research in Pokemon Go where you have to do these different challenges, and one of them was to evolve a Magikarp. Yeah, and I was like so pissed because literally two months earlier, I had mm-hmm. finally completed like a year long journey in evolving yeah. a Magikarp. Right, and, you'd and so I have done two it, of and those. Now the game was asking you to do it again, and yes. the game put something really cool behind a wall. Yeah. Called Do This Again. Uh Uh-huh. So I have upgraded my Pokemon storage so that currently I can have up to 500. I can also have up to 500. And I have currently, I believe, 498. Mm Mm-hmm. Some of those are doubles, except for the Shinies and the event Pokemon. Most of the doubles that I have are placeholders Mm. for Pokemon that I haven't gotten yet because I don't have enough candies to evolve them. So if there's, you know, if something has an evolutionary chain of three and I've never had enough candies to evolve them. 
I have three and two of them are, yeah, placeholders for eventually I'll have enough candies to evolve them. So ideally, I want my collection of Pokemon to, you know, look basically like looking through the Pokedex, you know, like. Yes, absolutely. One of, yeah. one of each. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's extremely rare that I see anything in the wild that I want to catch. Mm. And basically, I don't want to upgrade my storage again. Mm-hmm. Like, I would, I would like there to be a limit. I don't like the idea that I'm just going to keep growing and growing the limit. Mm-hmm. I would, I would just, I would just rather not have more than 500. Frankly. Well, and I think this also, I think, speaks a little bit to this game, which is this game is sort of saying, as you play along, we'll continue to build the game. Sure. And you're saying, I don't mind there being constraints. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. That's one way of putting one thing that I'm thinking and feeling about it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so while we're talking about how the game continues to grow and change, let me ask you this question, starting with sort of a baseline. Thinking back to when the game was new, what are, in your opinion, are the best and worst, like, core mechanics of the game? So I think that the best mechanics, especially that they've added, is I remember part of the reason I was frustrated with, because I think I go into video games assuming I'll be bad at them. Mm-hmm. And I remember the gyms initially thinking, like, trying one once and being like, I am bad at this. Yeah. Uh, Because originally, you'll remember, the gyms would be held by one person at a time. Yeah. And I think that making it so that it's really, truly a team effort Mm -hmm. um, has improved that. And I like that a lot. I like the idea that um, you have, like, six Pokemon in a gym, much like you could have in the game, Mm -hmm. six Pokemon on your belt at a time. Yeah. Um, I really like um, the... um, I like the mechanic of – I do truly like exploring. Mm-hmm. Like, I like the idea that when it rains, there's electric Pokemon. Yeah. I like the idea that, like, the environment that you're in is affected – affects the Pokemon that are there. Mm-hmm. Because also – and when it – when Pokemon Go came out, I downloaded it, and I just remember trying to explain this to my coworker, Claire, who is an adult – like a real adult <laughs> mm-hmm. and saying to her, you've got to understand I've been doing this for 20 years and it's real now. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Because I don't have my AR on anymore, my augmented reality, but I did other for two years. And the reason I don't is mm. because it oftentimes I'm walking when I'm playing with Kenny and he yeah. gets annoyed if I stop walking. <laughs> Yeah. So I I can't really have it on because otherwise it'll glitch out a little bit. Right. But um but if I but I just remember being like it's real finally. The yeah. thing I don't like is not so surprisingly, I don't love the very specific throws you have to do sometimes okay. because I'm bad at them, which I don't just don't like them cuz I'm bad at them, but like I just feel like I'm not going to learn it. I feel like I don't have the muscle memory. 
Mm-hmm. And like right now I have an ev- I have like a daily challenge that's um I don't know if you've gotten this one yet. It's make five great curveballs in a row. Yeah, I've done that. Um yeah, I don't know if I'll ever do that. But I also yeah. know that I can only get a Pokemon from doing that one, like a specific Pokemon. That's a really tough one. And so I like will just keep it in there until the day that I finally do it. Yeah. I have turned the augmented reality off. I turned it off basically as soon as I realized that I could. Uh-huh. And I have not looked back. However, I do relate when you say that you told your coworker, like, it's been 20 years and, like, this is real now. Yeah. And I, I relate to that not on the level of, like, I can use the AR to see what an Eevee would look like in my front yard. I, I relate to that on the level of I remember being a kid and just imagining. Yeah. Oh, God. Just wouldn't it be so great? Just just imagining, like, not just the, like, companionship of, like, having your own Pokemon, but, like, imagining the ways that, like, the world, like, the infrastructure of the world would be different if Pokemon were real. And in my mm-hmm. imagination, it was, like, the solution to a lot of problems, you know? Yeah. Like, like, you know, the power would never go out and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I I think also, like... Pokemon, because I think something that people make fun of who don't like Pokemon or don't know, don't get it, like, they're, it's not a part of them, mm-hmm. is, like, they're like, we have fucking animals. Uh-huh, yeah. And it's not just like, oh, but they're not all our friends, or oh, but we can't fight with them, because <laughs> we could. <laughs> it's that I feel like Pokemon, and and this is clearly diversified as time has gone on, but I feel like Pokemon are of a variety of sizes that skew towards larger than most of the animals that I interact with on a day-to-day basis. Uh-huh. Like, a Bulbasaur is supposed to be the size of, like, a small or, like, a medium-sized dog, right? Basically, Ivysaur that's... and Venusaur get bigger and bigger. Dragonite, right. in the one episode of Pokemon, was, like, larger than any animal that actually exists in the world. Right. Right. And so I think part of the idea is that not just like, oh, there are these animals, but like these anim- these Pokemon are everywhere and they're huge. Even the and smaller ones are large compared to yeah. like a bee, like a in real life. A magical world of like friendly kaiju just yeah. roaming around. <laughs> yeah. Forming relationships with humans. I, I, you, do you know who the first Pokemon was? Like the first one that was designed? Wasn't it Jigglypuff? So, I think it was Rhydon. Rhydon? So, what I okay. remember... When I'm remembering... Oh, you, know what, you know what I'm thinking of? I think originally Wigglytuff or Jigglypuff was going to be the flagship Pokemon. And instead it was Pikachu. Okay. okay. Not my question. Yes. But that's my, what I was thinking of. My question is about the, the origins of the creation of Pokemon. Yeah. And how I remember reading that it was originally conceived uh, as like they would all be like variations on dinosaurs. Oh. So they would all be sort of that size and like the shapes of dinosaurs, basically. Mm-hmm. And the first one that became a Pokemon that we recognize is Rhydon. Okay. So like that's kind of the original model. Uh-huh. Before they decided 
will riff on all sorts of animals and yeah. inanimate objects. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes the alphabet. <laughs> yeah, sometimes just ideas like brought to life. <laughs> just symbols, just like living symbols. Um, so, okay, I'm going to keep asking some questions that may or may not get to the appeal of this game. Or okay. in, in my in my case, I'm the questions might be leading because I might be trying to get to why I think it's a mystery why I am still playing this game every single mm-hmm. day. Um, so one question I have is, have you ever paid for anything in Pokemon Go? No, and I was thinking about this yesterday, um, because, um, I, or actually this morning, rather, and this is not related to Pokemon, but it's related to video games, which is that I recently purchased, um, Dream Daddy, the Game Grumps, um, A dad dating simulator. Produced game. And this morning, Mm -hmm. Blake went onto my Switch to play Tetris. Mm -hmm. 99, I assume. Tetris 99. And he said, um, Liz, why do you have a game called Dream Daddy? And I was like, I can explain this. Mm -hmm. And what I said to him was, there's so many people in the world right now that are creating free content. Yeah. And so when there are people creating free content and they create something that's paid for, that you pay for. Oh. Not all of the time, but mm-hmm. I like to, when I can and when it's something I'm interested in, I try to make a concerted effort to buy it. So you're like- saying, the, You're saying the Game Grumps make the Game Grump show and yes. we get it for free. We watch yes. it on YouTube. And granted there's ad revenue, but you know, ignoring that for the moment. Yeah. Um, so I was like, I'm going to buy this thing, which I know will support not just the Game Grumps, but also the sort of like Game Grumps conglomerate that exists. Yes, the team. Right. I have a rule, though, mm-hmm. that if I'm playing a game, I will not give money to microtransactions. Yes. And this is why. I feel like if you've given me something for free... Mm-hmm. I'm fully willing to pay for a complete version of that game. Mm-hmm. Like, if there's a free version with ads and I played a lot, I may very well buy a complete version without ads. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to pay for something that is just part of the game. I will pay for mm-hmm. the game, but I will right. not pay for part of the game. Yes. I agree with also, you completely. Also, Pokemon doesn't need my money. Right. Yeah. The Game Grumps, they're doing very well, but they, they are, quote they unquote, need creators. my money. Yeah. Yes. Right. Do you play other games on your phone very much? So I have a game that I play um, a lot called Two Dots. Uh huh. Have you heard of Two Dots? Yes. I haven't played it, but I've heard of it. Do you, um, do you remember, um, was it, what was that candy game? Candy, Candy Crush? Crush? Yes. So it's a similar game to that in the sense that you're making connections of yeah. things in a grid. Yes. Um, but the aesthetic of Two Dots is, I think, way more pleasant. I think that um, Candy Crush is, I think, garish is maybe the word? Uh-huh. In, um, in the, in the, uh, 
in the terminology of girlfriend reviews, a YouTube channel that you turned me on to. Yes, that Blake uh, turned might, me on to. You might say that it, it's like diarrhea Christmas lights. Yes. So like, for example, here's the map. Let me find a good part of it. Here's part of the map in two dots. Okay. And I each one spaceship. of those. So there's like a spaceship. It's got like sort of solid colored shapes mm-hmm. making different images. Mm-hmm. They're sort of muted tones. Mm-hmm. Um, and the dot. And then there's like a, a, a series of dots. Mm-hmm. And then if I actually show you a level, um, the actual design itself, um, is again muted colors. They're just circles. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other sort of me- game mechanics that are going on, but even those are fairly simple. Yeah. It's just really pleasing to look at. And this, mm-hmm. I could buy things in all the time. Wow. I could, and I do watch ads to get like bonuses or whatever. Ooh, boy. <laughs> but I don't, um. I would have to really love a game to sit through an ad in order to play it. Well, to be fair, I don't usually look at the ads when they're actually playing. But still, you have to deal with them. I'm on level 1,001. Oh, sorry. Yes, 1,160. How long have you been playing this game? So I played it initially at one point in grad school and actually beat it because they're like oh. releasing like new levels that I got okay. to level like 300 and I beat it. And then yeah. I stopped. And then I was like, I got a new phone. I didn't transfer over. I hadn't, mm-hmm. I hadn't connected to Facebook or something. I mm-hmm. re-downloaded it. I think I've been playing it for like two or three years now. Okay. And this game, I will go for weeks without playing and then I'll play again. I play this in doctor's offices. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a friend of the pod. And by that, I mean my friend. She's actually said before that she doesn't do podcasts to me. Tasha, uh, posted on Twitter a couple of weeks ago that she had gotten to level 500. And I, I just sent her, I, I tweeted back <laughs> a screenshot and I said, oh girl. And it was like yeah. when I was over level 1000, she was like, yeah, but I've been playing for like three months. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, fair. Fair enough. So you've got Pokemon Go and you've got your two dots. Mm-hmm. Anything else that you open up in your phone in those moments where... You want to play a little game? If I'm very desperate, I will play 2048. Do you know that? No. Oh, 2048. The Blade Runner sequel? What? Oh, no, that was 2049, wasn't it? Yeah. Is a four by four grid, and there's numbers and blocks, and you Uh can slide them to get down and every time you slide it a new number with a block appears and if you slide them so that the blocks will touch each other they add up so like right now there's two twos and a four because i slid two twos together and you're trying to do this so to the point that you get to the number 2048 it's very specific um so it's something that i can just sort of like sit and go like this with yeah Mm mm-hmm um, I'll do that. And then there's also a game called Wordscapes, which is also very microtransaction heavy or could be microtransaction heavy. That's like a word jumble find thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't play Wordscapes unless I'm very desperate. I played mm-hmm. a lot of Wordscapes when Bob was in a coma. <laughs> oh, sure. I'm literally sitting in a room with you while your body is decomp, like, bo- like eating itself until it dies. Mm-hmm. I guess I'll play this Wordscapes game. <laughs> 
that's the perfect situation. Yeah, I, I would think <laughs> for when that game should be played. Uh-huh. I I only for this purpose I only have Pokemon Go. Okay, yeah, and that's been the case for quite a while. In the mm-hmm. past, I can only think of two games like this that I have entertained. And when I say like this, I mean on a mobile device. Oh yeah. One was Fall Down, mm-hmm. and the other was uh, Bookworm. Okay, Bookworm. I absolutely played on my computer. In both of those, I think you would see ads, mostly like banner ads. Mm-hmm. But there were, as far as I can remember, no microtransactions. And maybe also, that's because I was playing them like over five years ago. A note about the video ads that I'll watch on Two Dots. Those yeah. are always optional. You mean you can always X out of them? So when I'm watching a video ad, it's like, do you want to start with like a bonus? Oh my god. And I'm like, yeah, I want to start <sighs> with a fucking bonus. I'm stuck. <laughs> That's sickening to me. That doesn't bother but but see, here's the thing. And I mean this is this is truly the thing with this is people make content and they need a way to make money. I have paid no money for this game. The way that they're making money is for me to have a microtransaction. Pokemon I'm not worried about because it's this giant franchise and they have a shit ton of money, blah, 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 blah. Like, Two Dots, I don't know the umbrella. Uh, you know, I don't know who's making Two Dots and, and stuff like that. But, um, you know, hypothetically, they need to make money. And I'm willing to do something like watch an ad so I get a bonus, but then they also can, like, do their job and, like, live their life. Like, because I'm a poet, too, is the other thing, right? Like, you yep. and I are writers that are never going to make money from our writing. Yep. So I guess I feel particularly empathetic to this concept that, like, yeah, I'm not going to pour my money into microtransactions, but, like, I concede that there must be a way for these people who are creating content that I'm enjoying to make money. Yeah, the part that really turns me off is the integration of the advertising into a game mechanic whereby Mm -hmm. you get an advantage in gameplay for consuming advertising i guess like that doesn't turn me off because at least i'm not being like forced to watch an ad every couple of levels you know what i mean like i could totally skip it if i wanted to Uh uh-huh whereas i think the other option is i'm being forced to watch it I would not want to play a game where I'm given that choice. Mm-hmm. Because to me, it like taints the integrity of my uh, play of the game. Yeah. So like if I beat that level, it's like uh, and I watch the ad, like I can only say like I beat the ad version of the level. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm not so pure. <laughs> I will say too, like, I know that this is a way that people are making a lot of money, but especially for the, especially for the bigger games and the console games, the concept of a microtransaction to me is like, I would just like to pay, pay the, pay for the game and have it be complete. Right. Yeah. I don't Do think, you- like, can you imagine buying a book? <laughs> can you fucking imagine <laughs> buying a goddamn book? 
And then mm-hmm. having the option to buy more parts of the book. <laughs> like, I just bought the book, man. Someone somewhere is making it. Ugh. And and I would bet you that that person's name is J.K. Rowling. <laughs> I guess that's what Pottermore is, I guess. Kind of, right? I and mean, hey, I don't know if you know, but you might be gay, Will. It depends if she tells you you are or not. <laughs> Do you know this joke? Is it about Dumbledore or something else so, that she said or did? <laughs> this is a tangent, but J.K. Rowling is kind of turfy. Yes. Um, It's been proven to me pretty extensively that she's kind of turfy. Like, she herself has never really said anything explicitly terrible, but, like, if you follow her likes on Twitter, it's like, she's pretty turfy. Yes. Um, And also, like, you know, there was that moment where she made Dumbledore gay, but, like, looking back, it's, like, too little, too late. You didn't actually put it in the book. Yeah. The like, it's only there by said, omission. Yeah. The author basically said, my headcanon is that this character is gay. Yes. And it should be your headcanon, too, because I'm the author. Yes. And so I saw a tweet during Pride that was like, Happy Pride, remember, you're not gay unless J.K. Rowling decides you are after the fact. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which I thought was a really good joke. I love Um, tweets that dunk on J.K. Rowling. Yeah. That's one of my favorite uh, subgenres. I feel so bad. Not about her... And not about it. I just feel bad about the whole situation because, yeah, like we're saying, like, we love Pokemon, but Pokemon doesn't have a sort of lighthouse of a person like J.K. Rowling is to Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, it's our Star Wars. It's our Pokemon. It's one of our our canons. And yes. it's so flawed in ways just beyond the fact that people are flawed. And yet, also, mm-hmm. if you can just ignore that, <laughs> it's still so great. Yeah. Okay, so another question that I have about Pokemon Go, and this mm-hmm. is the question that I have been dying to ask someone else who plays this game consistently. Oh, please. Yeah. Are you, like me, constantly having to reinstall it? No. Okay. But how old is your phone, man? Not old. I've had it for less than a year. Oh, I don't know what the fuck to tell you, man. I have a Pixel 2 that I, I got I have an Android summer. that I got right when Bob was dying. I said less than a year, but it's probably been just about a year, maybe a little like bit. 13 months, whatever. It's yeah, longer. it's new. That's new. That's fine. It's a new phone. It's a it's a Pixel 2 and um like a few times a week I boot up Pokemon Go, and it's, like, unable to connect. Will, I feel like your relationship with Pokemon Go is, like, it's, like, that friend that you've been friends with for a really long time, but, like, you don't have anything in common with them anymore, and, like, it's a lot of work to be friends with them, and yet you, like, just can't quit each other. Yeah, you could make that comparison. Which is not my relationship. The game works fine Mm -hmm. (laughs) on my phone. I actually like playing it. Yeah, okay. So can I probe you about that? Yeah. So why is it still fun for you? I um, play it more slowly than other people. 
So there's still there's still things to discover. Yeah, for me too, but they just like don't appear anywhere. Okay, what does that mean? I, so now I will now delve a little bit into my work situation, which was my work as a gym. And yeah. one day, I would say, what, six months ago? It was before, it was in winter. I was on the elevator and this dude all of a sudden is like, you're playing Pokemon Go. And I was like, yeah? And I, he's like, we have a Discord group for that. And I was mm-hmm. like, cool. Pretending like I knew what Discord was, which made sure. me feel later incredibly stupid as somebody who thinks and talks about video games all the time that I didn't know what Discord was, which is essentially, if you don't know, a messaging service for people who play video games. Not a big deal. And um, I find out that the gym, there's a group, and because it's basically the only people who are at the gym are the people at my work, because we're, like, mm-hmm. sort of at a cul-de-sac and, like, we're far away from the road, and so we're, you like... We don't get there's a, lot a lot of visitors. Of, yeah, we don't get a lot of visitors. Um, We have a group to discuss um things, and then also there's a spreadsheet, and on the spreadsheet, every day, a, one of the teams is assigned to the gym. Yeah. And so, if you are, a, for example, what, which are you? Which team are you? Red. I'm blue. Um, I refuse to call them by their actual names. <laughs> I don't remember what they are. I think blue is mystic, but I, I don't know what the other two I think one of them are. is valor. Okay. So, and also on the spreadsheet, they're by color. So this is not, this has only helped me. Um, so like if I'm, if you're red and Tuesday's your day, I'm not going to go out of my way to kick you out of the gym. Mm-hmm. Now there are people who play who are not part of this group, like I was for a long time. Yep. Uh, but this was one of the wildest thing that's, things that's ever happened to me. I then, on the Discord, was able to search the entire history, and they had talked about me. Because at lunch, I would sit out there and sometimes kick everybody out of the gym. And sometimes when I would try to get into the gym, it would stick, and I would be in there all day. And sometimes somebody would kick me out over and over and over and over again. I could not figure out why. Sometimes it was so easy, and sometimes it was so hard. It was literally mm-hmm. because it wasn't my day. Right. And so... um in when you say they had talked about you, did they know it was you, or they would be they like had talked at, about like somebody's not following the like, schedule? At, at exclamate kicked everybody out of the gym again. Oh, Can somebody right. please? Because they could see your username. Yeah. In the game, that's funny. yeah. <laughs> but they didn't know who I was. So do you play by the schedule now? Yes, I do, and I've I've that's how I've been able to upgrade my shit is because now. I get, you know, 50 coins, like, once or twice a week, depending on, you know, the schedule and if um, I'm actually at in the office that day. So would um, you say that you have a little community built around this game? You know, it's at funny. At your workplace? I, I think about community with this game, and I guess I do, but, like, I literally don't know who any of these people are. I, yeah. set, up a, I set up a trade with this dude whose username is Tall Don, and... Cool. Cool. I was messaging with him on my work, like on Skype, on my work work messaging Skype, Liz, and I was like, what? "I'm going to make you a trade. You can't refuse." <laughs> I said to him, I'm "I was the like, tall Don." <laughs> I said to him, "I was like, are you actually tall?" He was like, "Lol, no, I'm like five nine. It's a bit. It's a bit. Is his okay, name Don? But his name is Don. Yeah." <laughs> and I said to him. 
I said to him, I went to high school with a dude named Don who's pretty tall. He's like 6'1 or 6'2. And I was like, so I just have always imagined that you looked like him. He was mm-hmm. like, just as long as he was good looking. And what yeah. I wanted to say was, well, I made out with Don a couple of times and he would like <laughs> touch my back for 45 minutes during study hall. Like I would sit in study hall and take a nap and Don would just touch my back for 45 minutes. <laughs> what a fucking dream. Like what a dream. Um, but Don is this like was not consensual the- touching. Oh my God. Yes. He would be like, yeah. do you want me to scratch your back? And I'd be like, yes. Is the answer to that wow. ever no? For me. For a woman, no. <laughs> and I would sleep. I would sleep. And he would touch my back for 45 minutes. And he was a terrible kisser. Bless him. I don't think that this made you touch me, I say. It did, but I got cut. Wow, it's in one this, of my crush It's in one of my episode, crush poems. This episode of Pokemon Go to the Pod is like supplemental material. <laughs> for all of my for essays. your two published essays. <laughs> But but the point is, what I wanted to say was, I mean, he's a he's a fine enough, but he's like not that he's like not the most handsome dude. But like I did make out with him once or twice, and he would like touch my back. Instead, I just said he's a good dude. He's a good dude. <laughs> um, but that said, from this group, I've learned these insane things about people who play this game. So like I play this game every day. Will there? Yeah. These people all have. Not all of them. Most of them have three different accounts, one for each color. Jesus. They have a main account and sub accounts. At one point, I needed a Grimer for one of the special challenges. And I was like, does anybody have a Grimer I could, like, trade for, like, just, like, some shit Pokemon for? And a dude said to me, yeah, I have hundreds. (laughs) I was like, hundreds. I just wrote in all back call caps, hundreds. He was like, yeah, I just, I catch a bunch of Pokemon that, that Pokemon Go gatekeeps. Gatekeeps. Meaning they're not always available in the game. Huh. So, so, I don't. I did not realize that Grimer <laughs> was one of those Pokemon that is gatekeeped or gatekept. Yeah, gatekept, yeah. So I don't do that. And what ended up happening was I ended up just randomly hatching an egg, like, the next day that had a Grimer in it, so I ended up not trading with him. Mm. Um, But... Yeah, like, those people are, like, wild. And, like, these are these are not, like, I just want to say, like, I don't think that these people are totally specific to where I work. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that there are a lot of people like this. And I think that you and I are actually the weird ones for playing sort of, I put in heavy scare quotes casually because we play every day, compared but to it- them. Yes. That sounds like a non-casual approach <laughs> to what I would characterize as a pretty casual game. <laughs> the the other thing I will say, too, is I work for – I don't talk very much about my job itself, but, like, I work for a self-regulatory organization. And think about this for a second. The people who play Pokemon Go at my job are self-regulating Pokemon Go. Mm. That's a joke. Like, that's the punchline to a joke. <laughs> if I was a stand-up comedian, I would have told that story in a funny way. This, this though, is so indicative and correlated to the ways that casual games are representations of capitalism. Yes, absolutely. Like, they are 
work simulations. Mm -hmm. And so they have applied like the guiding organizational principles Mm -hmm. of their actual work. Of my financial self-regulatory organization. So literally capitalism. To the simulated work of playing Pokemon Go. Mm -hmm. There's definitely an article in that. It's wild. I mean, this is wild, right? I mean, when I told Sarah, devotee of the podcast, Mm -hmm. about this, Mm -hmm. she told her partner, Park. And she later texted me and said, Park wants to make sure you're okay. (laughs) Because you work with them? Because it was such, like, I, I know it sounds silly, but, like, it was such an intense experience. Like, not only am I playing this game, other people are playing this game, and they're talking about me. And there's a whole subculture that I did not have access to before that I now have been invited into question and I and yet I work with these people and I have literally no idea what any of them look like okay so you may not be able to answer this question because you may not know them in person Uh uh-huh but my question is on this forum I'll call it a forum sure yeah besides you are they all men there are at least two women. In a group of how of what size? Fifteen. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. That gets at what I was thinking of the, getting at. The one woman is somebody I invited. She plays because her kids play who are like 10, 12, 13. But she plays very intensely. But at one point, I, when I learned that she played because she saw me playing or something, I was like, yeah, but you play because you have kids, right? She was like. Yeah. I mean, I like it now, but that's why I started. And I was like, uh-huh. yeah, I play because this has been my life for two thirds of it. Sure. Um, and then the other woman, um, I, it took me a very long time to realize that she was a woman because she just had to use her name, but then somebody used a pronoun and I figured it out. Okay. So let me explain my emotional relationship with the game mm-hmm. from from the start to now. Mm-hmm. I said I've had moments of joy in the past three years playing the game. Basically, it was a joy to catch new Pokemon. Mm-hmm. To evolve Pokemon into new Pokemon. Mm-hmm. To throw the balls and have it work. Mm-hmm. And to hatch eggs. And see something new come out of the egg. Mm -hmm. Now, anything that would be new to me, Mm -hmm. it takes forever to get enough of them, to see enough of them in the wild. Oh, uh that I will catch enough, that I have enough candies to evolve them. Mm -hmm. So, like anything that I want to find. There's maybe like two per week mm-hmm. in a sea of a bunch of Pokemon that I don't care about catching. Mm-hmm. I just remembered one of the other joys in the early days was leveling up. Right. But now it's like. Now I level up what? Two or three times a year? Yeah. And I'm... you can max out eventually too. Do you know what the max is? Because I don't. 40. Okay, so I'm currently level 38. Mm-hmm. So I haven't maxed out yet, but I'm close. 
What level are you at? I am, and I mean, I think this goes to show that, like, again, you're, like, you've been playing for a long time. I'm 34. Okay. But now it's like, yeah, so in the, in the early, and clearly in the very, very early levels, when it's like one through five or something, it's like 1000 XP, yes. 2000 XP, 5000 XP, and then it sort of mm-hmm. gets into like 20, like 20,000, 50,000, 100,000. I now need, um, 1,250,000 yes. to level up. Right. So but also most of the people I work with are way ahead of me and some people have maxed out. So in the early days of playing the game, you tolerate the grind mm-hmm. in order to experience those moments of joy. And now, for a long time, the game has been basically nothing but grind to me. So that, mm. like, even when I do experience something new, like, oh, I did a week's worth of field research, and now my reward is a new legendary that I haven't gotten before. Mm-hmm. It's like... I don't really care about those legendaries specifically. Like, basically, emotionally, like, I only cared about, like, Articuno, Zapdos, and Moltres. Mm-hmm. I don't care about Latias or whatever. Latios. Do you know, I caught, like, four Latias before I caught a Latios. I didn't even know Latios was the thing. Yeah. So... I'm not getting a lot of joy from the gameplay. Maybe I could appreciate it just on an aesthetic level. Yes, which not, I, defini- I definitely do. That's definitely part of it for me. If I'm not getting a lot of joy from like the outcomes that I'm ex- that I'm experiencing and triggering on an aesthetic level, the first thing I want to say is about shiny Pokemon. Mm-hmm. In general, I'm not a big fan. Mm-hmm. As a mechanic, I don't love it. And then aesthetically, too many of them are pink or purple. Mm-hmm. And it's gotten to a point where I'm just like kind of expecting that like they're just going to turn a Pokemon pink or purple. Mm-hmm. And there's not enough variety to me in what the shinies look like. And so many of the original 151 Pokemon are purple to begin with. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so much purple. <laughs> like, IDK Gengar? Yeah, the best example. <laughs> um, Yeah, just just purple. It's, you know, Gengar is purple, like the 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 epitome of, of good purple. Yeah, he's like a California raisin before it's shrunk. Yeah, he's like a hydrated California raisin. <laughs> a California grape. And I- <laughs> If you will, yes. <laughs> uh, I can't believe you got there before my mind went there. <laughs> um, okay, so, so, but beyond just the shiny Pokemon, here's my hot take. You know, you know already what my hot take is. And we've I love this, this hot take. We've discussed this in private. <laughs> in my opinion, Pokemon, the creatures, have never looked great in quote-unquote 3d right with the exception of the 2019 feature film pokemon detective pikachu right in which all of the pokemon have distinct textures 
Yeah, they're like more realistic 3D. They're not just like 3D models. For example, Pikachu actually looks furry. Mm -hmm. Generally, in the Pokemon games, going back to, I guess the first example was Pokemon Stadium Uh on the N64. They all look smooth Mm -hmm. and like they're made of plastic. Yeah. Or even Pokemon Snap, I think, which hypothetically came out before Stadium, but yeah. Yeah. So I think that graphically, the way that Pokemon look in 3D, which is basically all we see of them now uh, in in whatever game you're playing, um, there hasn't been a huge improvement over those N64 graphics to me. Mm -hmm. And you haven't seen Detective Pikachu, have you? No, I haven't, but I I did see the trailer. I mean, like, I watched the trailers, like... Basically, the centerpiece for the climax, the action climax of the film, is that in the city, there's going to be a parade, like the kind Uh of parade with floats and big balloons. Like a Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade. Exactly. So the balloons are are in the shape of Pokemon. Uh Uh-huh. And the balloons look just like... 3d pokemon as we've seen them before that's fucking hilarious so like in the in the in the in the movie you see a a gengar uh fighting i think a blastoise if i remember correctly and their take on gengar is like he he looks like a shadow ball basically like he's very like billowy and like you know almost like a ghostbusters ghost or something yeah and then you see later you see a Gengar balloon and it looks just like the pillow I had as a child. Uh-huh. And to me that makes perfect sense because I'm like, yeah, that that's what they've always looked like. They've always looked like just plasticky, inflated, no texture representations yeah. of the monsters that I had in my imagination that were based on the beautiful sprite art of yeah. the Game Boy games. So that's why, yeah, that's my hot take. And that's why on an aesthetic level, I'm not like loving Pokemon Go for that reason. Well, and how was it that you realized this? Because you told me this in a very specific story about you, an April can, Fool's thing that I missed. A, bo- a what thing you missed? An April Fool's thing that I missed in Pokemon Go, because this is like when I wasn't playing. Yeah, there was a a brief time, I think last year, um, when for April Fool's, they were like, uh, you know, they give you those news updates. And the news update said like, um, you've heard of, uh, you've heard that the, the latest in graphic technology is 4K. Well, you know, we've doubled it. We're introducing 8-bit graphics. <laughs> 8-bit is double 4K. And um, oh, God. when you brought up, not when you were catching the Pokemon or seeing them in the wild, but when you opened up the menu where you scroll through and look at your Pokemon, yeah, it was all sprite art. Uh-huh. And I thought, man, I wish I could keep it this way. Like, this rules. Like, this is what I love. This is the version of what Pokemon look like that I love. And I wish that there was a setting that I could toggle so that it always looked this way. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. 
And in fact, I would love to play a version of the game where basically like everything looks that way. Yeah. Um, okay. What questions do I have remaining? One, th- I just looked at my notes pursuing. too. The yeah. one thing I also want to say is that I, I do have trouble walking. I mean, I know I said I walked yeah. four miles and a quarter today, but I do have a bad knee. I don't have a meniscus in my right knee. Yeah. Um, it was removed, um, because it tore in half. <laughs> I was stuck in my joint. Um, so they had to take it out. So eventually I'm going to need a new joint. I'm going to need a new knee because of this, because my bones will begin grinding together. And so, um, uh, I can't run. I can walk and I walked mm-hmm. four miles today. I'm going to pay for that tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, but Pokemon Go motivates me to walk. Um, okay. at, at lunch, I can do a, mm. like a 30 minute lunch walk and I, yeah. and Pokemon Go does motivate me to do that. I have a nice little walkway around my pond. Um, the if other I, thing I want to, s- mm. go ahead. No, I was just going to say it's late July as we're recording this. And if I took a 30 minute walk, during my lunch break at work, I, I would probably um, die. I would risk right. dying. Yes. I, now, I will say in the winter when it's um, yeah. zero degrees outside here, it's mm. the same situation for me where I right. might risk my nose falling off. Yeah. So same issue, just different mm-hmm. uh, weather structure. It's a trade-off. <laughs> yeah. Um and then the other thing I want to say, which I think might be a good way to end this, which is like, can I? Do, um, I'll just respond to the oh, yeah. walking thing real quick. Yeah. Before oh you yeah. Say go ahead. That. Since yeah. you're moving on from that, I will just say it's been a long time since I went somewhere, say the park, uh-huh. uh, to to play Pokemon Go and take advantage of like this walk will be multiple Pokestops. Good, yeah. yeah. Uh, I just play the game. Uh, in my spare time, doing everything that I would normally do, uh-huh. uh, meaning being at work, going to and from work, uh, being at home and being other places. Yeah. Um, and that is a good lead into how I would end the conversation. But first, say what you were going to say next. Are you going to play Sword and Shield? Because we both have switches, bitches. I, I haven't it's decided. Late. <laughs> yeah. I love my Nintendo Switch. I don't love the trailers for Pokemon Sword and Shield. Mm-hmm. What I like most are the new legendaries. I love right. the big heckin' good, good boys. boys with a sword and a shield. Yeah. Uh, I don't really love the rest of it. Um, the other thing about Pokemon in 3D is like the sort of minimal animation that they have. So, yeah, it's like, 3D, but it's the, like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, and it's just, like, I, hovering. And the new thing in the um, Pokemon Sword and Shield videos is, like, there's, like, a wild area where, like, Pokemon are just, like, roaming about, and you can right. see them, rather yeah. than not seeing them until you've encountered them, like, right. in an RPG. Uh, and that looks to me like, oh, they just, yeah, they just look like automatons, basically. Like, they don't look like living creatures, like, roaming in the wild. Um, yeah. Also, I think that Dynamax Pokemon is stupid. In, right. In, in theory, I want to get on board with it. I want to get on board with, like, you can make any Pokemon you have, like, into a kaiju. Yeah. Uh, um, but it, it seems, I don't know, it, it, 
I've seen the trailer. It seems lazy to me. Like, it just seems like lazy thinking of like, I don't know. What if they were giant in battle? Yeah. I, to answer this question that you haven't asked me yet. So I haven't played a bunch of the games since. I, I've always followed the lore um, and read about it. Um, but I think because of that, and I think that, and also I didn't have a DS. Mm-hmm. Kenny has a DS or whatever version of that is currently around 3DS. 3DS. Um, but, which I bought him the one year. But mm-hmm. um, I have a Switch now, and it's coming out mm-hmm. on the Switch. Right. And uh, I think I'm going to buy it. Actually, that's not true. Yeah. I think Kenny's going to buy it for me and give it to right. me as a present. If the new core series Pokemon game were coming out on 3DS, I definitely would not be on board for it. Because yeah. when I played Pokemon Moon... I put it down before beating it. And I told myself, I'm not going to fall for this again. Like, it's it's not <gasps> oh my the God. same. Will, I just feel like you keep talking about this like it's an abusive relationship. <laughs> Pokemon Sun and Moon had one new thing that I really like, sort of, in theory, and in practice only a little bit. And that was Alolan Pokemon, uh-huh. where they took original Pokemon from the original yeah. 150 and did like a remix of them. Yeah. So, like, and here's and a, Persian looks like a fucking purple Garfield. Mm-hmm. Garfield. Yeah. Here's a dark type Rattata that like stands on its hind legs. Yeah. And is like and, a darker color. And and I like the, uh, you know, Pikachu has like just a little augmentation to its tail. And mm-hmm. um, Golem actually looks totally different and it's cool as shit. Yeah, yeah. I like I like the idea of doing that. Yeah. Um playing Pokemon Moon I didn't I didn't like the other stuff that was new about it. I didn't like their version of gyms and the way that Which it was, was them trying to like get rid of gyms essentially, but yeah. Yeah, I hated that. I hate uh yeah. So so after I stopped playing that I was like I just I won't I just won't you know, I, I guess I'm just done with Pokemon games. There, it's it's just going to be different in ways that are going to frustrate me, so I won't bother. But there's, I guess, because I love my Switch so much, and because it's yeah. on the Switch, I'm thinking like, oh, uh, well, maybe I will play it. I so well, and if you do play it, I'll talk to you about it. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I'm like, for example, another thing that is supposed to be a selling point of Pokemon Sword and Shield is like, you can, uh, upload like some of your Pokemon from Pokemon Go to oh, Sword right, and Shield. Yeah. I don't care. I don't want to do that. I, I have no desire to do that. Yeah. I mean, I think that's more of a cool, I mean, I like that conceptually. I don't think that's like a selling point for me. I like conceptually mm-hmm. the idea that like we're all in the world together, but. Mm-hmm. I will say too, they were saying that you won't be able to ever catch every Pokemon again because there's too many now, and that like right. infuriated me because computers are only getting bigger and fuck off. <laughs> well, a lot of gamers are upset about that. Oh, and I am. That's what I'm saying. I'm upset about that. Yeah, I know. You you are in a class of a lot of people who are very vocally upset at the stupid game developers not letting me import. You know, every single Pokemon that I have into the new game. But also, don't make Re- your goddamn catchphrase from the beginning, gotta catch them all. 
that's a good point. That's a really good oh, point. I also definitely owned the Pokemon soundtrack. Me too. And there was a song that Misty sang about like loving Ash, but he was asleep and oh, wow. he wakes up at one point and is like, did you say something, Misty? And she oh, was yeah. like, no. And I just remember listening to this song and being like, oh, if only I- the person I was in love with knew. I just picked up my phone to Google Pokemon album because uh-huh. I was like, I'm sure it had a name. And then before I could finish typing it, I think I remembered it. Uh-huh. I think it was called Pokemon 2BA Master. Oh, it was. 2, two Numeral the number 2, two letter B. B A Master. Yes, it I'm was. Googling You're correct. this to confirm it. Yes. Oh, yes. This is what I had. Pokemon I had a CD a of this. To be a master. Yeah, I had it on a compact Pokemon disc. Master. I would like, play it in my bedroom. To be a master, a Pokemon master. Gotta catch them all, gotta catch them all. Released in June uh, 1999. Yep. 20 years ago. Yeah. So, Will, if you do get, I mean, I think this is the good final question. Yeah. If you do get Sword and Shield, which one are you getting? Um, That's hard because I tend to go for whichever one is second. Like Moon mm-hmm. or Y. So that would uh-huh. mean I would get Shield. But I think I like the Sword Boy more than I like the Shield Boy. I thought about this for two seconds and then realized I had no reason to be conflicted. I am a defender. Mm. I, in Skyrim, for example, sneak everywhere the fuck yes. I go. Yeah. I'm like a, a Shield true girl. defender. A Shield lady. Yeah, no, that that makes sense. Yeah, oh wow. I'm just yeah, that's that's almost calling them sword and shield, it's almost as gendered as calling them like the only way it could be more gendered is if it were called sword and sheath. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, I mean I think that's the other thing that's always interesting is like there's always a binary. Yes. So really Pokemon Yellow is the gayest game. Because it's non binary? Yeah. And it's because it's more about because nurturing. It, because it breaks the binary. Yeah, it's queer. Yes, right. Pokemon Yellow is queer as hell. So, basically, if I don't, I don't play this game like any of your workmates. Mm-hmm. I don't play it by going to the park. Mm-hmm. I don't play it very intentionally. Mm-hmm. I play it on the toilet. Mm-hmm. I play it at my desk at work. Mm-hmm. I play it when I am walking from my office to my car and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And sometimes in still moments at home. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, it's a real time waster or a time filler. It's mm-hmm. just filling those empty little moments. It's just passing the time. Mm-hmm. It's in that sense, it's, it's like, hardly a game well i feel like you have to quit and i'm saying this is someone who's not gonna quit so recently i've been listening to uh, a new competitor of ours and by that i mean podcast Mm -hmm. because i consider all other podcasts to be our competition 
of course. And one of the new Thank God Spontaneity Nation just saw us coming and was like... Yeah, right. They got out of Dodge. Yeah. What, one competitor that we have that is, is newer than we are. It's it, We uh-huh. started before it. It has fewer episodes than we do at this point. So it's a very young podcast. And it's on the Earwolf Network. And it's called How Did This Get Played? That's what I was talking about. That gaming podcast earlier. Yes. You mentioned it. I don't think we were recording yet. But yes, it was off mic. Yeah, so it's hosted by Nick Weiger from the Doughboys podcast and Heather Ann Campbell, who is from, I think, uh, more recent seasons of Whose Line Is It Anyway? Uh, and they she just will... had she just had breast cancer and had a mastectomy. Oh, wow. I did not know that. I looked at her Instagram. She said thanks to Tig, because apparently all the queer oh. women in L.A. talk to Tig if they have breast cancer. Well. Yeah, sure. How can you yeah. not? If you're friends I, yeah, with her, Jesus, she seems like the best person so, in the world. One thing that has been coming up on their podcast where they play some very bad video games and right. dunk on them is um, Heather Ann Campbell has been raising this question of like, is this even a game? Right. And when she says, is this even a game? The example of what she cites as something that is not a game is journey which oh. for those who don't know is one of the best video games <laughs> <laughs> it's just simply one of the best all-time video games yeah, and her beautiful. point is this is not a game because when i play it i can't lose mhm that's her language Mm-hmm. She says it must not be a game because I can't lose. And I would say I've so I've been thinking about this and I've been trying to reckon with it. And also I've been trying to reckon with my playing of Pokemon Go, a game that you can also not lose. I've lost plenty of times. <laughs> I lose when I didn't get that fucking Alola Raichu from a raid. I hate raids, by the way. Um, <laughs> the, you are, you're using lose in a different sense than she is. Uh huh. I think that she's saying basically like, when you play this game, you can't die. Okay. You can't fine. even take damage. Uh-huh. You can't, and this is, this is me speculating. This is not the way she describes it. This is me extrapolating yeah. from what she says. It's not a game. You can't lose. I say, yeah. okay, you mean, there's nothing that you can do to trigger a game over screen. Yeah. And I would say I've thought about it and I've come to the conclusion that in the case of all video games, you on a long enough timeline, you, you can't lose any video game. Yes, of course. You can only win and then stop playing or stop playing before you win. Mm hmm. Because if you kept playing, eventually you could win. I just want to say, as somebody who wrote an essay about the fact that she had never beaten a video game, Mm -hmm. framing it that way makes me feel so relieved. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm glad you feel that way. Because I'm, I'm like dedicated to thinking about video games this way. I thought you were going to say you were dedicated to make me feel better, but I That's I true it. enough, too. <laughs> so, um, 
I have this book in front of me. <laughs> it's called Rules of Play. Uh-huh. It's a textbook about game design. It's by Katie Salen and Eric Zimmerman. Mm-hmm. And on page 81, they define game. <laughs> I was like, why are you telling me the page number? Now I know. Actually, it's 80. Okay. Um, and their, def- their definition is a game is a system in which players engage in an artificial conflict defined by rules that results in a quantifiable outcome. And the question is, does Pokemon Go have a quantifiable outcome? And if not, uh, is it not a game? It's funny and, because it's essentially a mic. It's a series of microtransactions. True. It's and, a series of micro quantifiable outcomes. Right. And so for what I think is a suitable answer to this question, I refer to after they put out their definition of game, they consider two things that might undermine that definition. Mm-hmm. And the first is puzzles. Right. And the second is role-playing games. Ah. And they're talking not about final. I said Final Fantasy was like a role-playing game earlier. They're thinking of like D&D. Mm-hmm. Games that are open-ended, that are like collaboratively made. Mm-hmm. They don't necessarily have an endpoint, right? A, just, AKA, it's like so, life; you can keep going. So, so when they say that a game is a system that results in a quantifiable outcome, does outcome mean endpoint, or does it just mean consequence? Uh, so, what they say what they say about role playing games being open ended is, and I quote. From this description, it would appear that multiplayer role-playing games are not, in fact, games. But this seems like a ridiculous conclusion because RPGs are so closely bound up in the development of games and gaming culture. Our position is this. RPGs can be framed either way as having or not having a quantifiable outcome. If you look at the game as a whole, there may not be a single overriding quantifiable goal. But if you consider the session-to-session missions that players complete the personal goals players set for themselves, the levels of power that players attain, then yes, RPGs do have quantifiable outcomes. And then they go on to say, and this is more relevant to our discussion of Pokemon Go, they say role-playing games are not the only kind of play activity that exists on the border of our definition. A computer program like SimCity does not Mm. have explicit goals. And in that way, it is more like a toy than a game. However, however, as its designer, Will Wright, has often stated, players can turn it into a game by constructing their own goals. Does this make SimCity an informal play activity or a formalized game? It all depends on how it is framed. Unquote. So Pokemon Go fits very nicely into that description of SimCity. Yeah. It's sort of more like a toy than a game. Mm-hmm. because you'll never win. The ne- the game mm-hmm. will never say, you won, you reached the end, the credits will never roll. Yeah. But you can set goals for yourself, like, gotta catch them all. Uh-huh. And so that's your own sort of personal quantifiable outcome that you bring to it. So you sort of make it a game by how 
actively you play it. Yeah. And because I play it so casually where I'm like basically doing it out of habit. Yeah. It's like more of a toy to me than a game. It's like the equivalent of like a fidget spinner. I was just going to say, yeah, one of those fidget toys. Yeah, exactly. A thing that I just pick up and it's like something for my hand to do. You might Um, have more fun things that your hand could do, but maybe not you couldn't do at your desk. Hey. (laughs) Love you. That's not season finale talk. (laughs) It's not the flavor I want to leave people with for however, you know, three months or whatever. Um and I'll just say, uh, we'll, we'll wrap this up here in just a moment, but I have one other okay. book in front of me. It's called Playing with Feelings. Video Bless you games. for having so many books. Yeah, well, this, is, this was not done specifically for the podcast, but I feel a certain responsibility as an editor of Cartridge Lit to of course. have some background in game design and theory uh-huh. and criticism. And so I read this book, Playing with Feelings, Video Games and Affect by Aubrey... Annabelle. Mm-hmm. And she has a chapter in here that's all about casual games and mm-hmm. um, time management games. And you can read an early version of this chapter as an article online, and that's in the show notes. And also, I Googled Rules of Play, the textbook I was reading from a moment ago, and I found a PDF online of the whole book. <laughs> so we'll, yeah, we'll link yeah. to that in the show notes as well. But, um, this book, Playing with Feelings, has a lot of smart things to say about, like, these games and capitalism and our relationships with them. And also uh-huh. the way that different approaches to game criticism are gendered and also the way that different games are gendered and the binary mm-hmm. and, like, ways that we can, you know, deconstruct the binary. And so she says about casual games... The, the timing, rhythm, and tone of casual games from Candy Crush Saga to Diner Dash interrupt our workflow in precisely the way that interruptibility, fragmentation, and piecework have come to be the common conditions of labor in the digital age. On our computers, we move from one window to another, negotiating the different languages, rules, and logics of the different software programs we are using. The digital landscape is not only about the easy flow of seamless touch navigation and information at our fingertips, but also about constant procedural and ergonomic shifts between windows, programs, devices, interfaces, and lexicons. The everyday experience of digital media is as much an experience of pauses, breaks, ruptures, and glitches as it is an experience of flow the digital worker is Mm. constantly asked to move from one task to another to juggle multiple and varied tasks simultaneously and this part is in italics and to feel good about this (laughs) as some sort of improvement over constant focus yeah casual games like pokemon go that's be editorializing function both as rhythmic interludes between various activities and as emotional mediators bridging the gaps, pauses, and glitches that are part of our everyday digital work lives, unquote. So basically, in conclusion, if I play Pokemon Go, even though I don't really like it anymore and I don't think it's fun anymore, yeah, it's probably just a manifestation of how I'm frustrated with capitalism but and like the way that I'm expected to work. Uh-huh. The end... <laughs> I love you so much. What a great end.
Um, also, and- Lauren, our friend Lauren plays Diner Dash, and I think she has actually yes. spent a lot of money on it. Yes, Aubrey Annable writes primarily about Diner Dash in this essay slash chapter of her book. Um, that's the end of the episode and the end of season two. Congratulations, Will. You did it. Congratulations, Liz. We we did it. And um, we'll be back in November. Yes. For season three of The Smug Buds, if uh, things go according to our plan. Yeah, if neither of us dies. But in the interim, we will most likely record another mailbag episode yep. that I'm thinking will come out in September, maybe. Yep. And also, we will make at least one more attempt to live stream a video game. Yes, I figured out my headphones, so we won't have an echo. I love that. And um, look forward to Liz critiquing me playing Tetris Effect. Yes. If uh, things go according to our plans. Yes. And also, um, you know, we haven't really... We have sort of have ideas about the shape of Season 3, but the one thing we know for certain is we'll have our first holiday special in which yes. I do a close reading of... Wham's Last Christmas, both the music video and the lyrics. I have a lot of thoughts about the macro structure of the seasons of the podcast that I am looking forward to getting into in the mailbag episode. Nice. So in conclusion, I think the beauty of this conversation and the beauty of the podcast in general is that, Liz, you teach me and I teach you. (laughs) Pokemon! Gotta catch them all. Gotta catch them all. The smug buds. <laughs> Bye. Love you, Will. See Love you next you. season. <laughs> Will is on Twitter and Letterboxd at youngest of one, and his website is williamhoffacker.com. You can find Liz at exclamate on Instagram, at exclamate underscore on Twitter, or on her website, elizabethdeannamorrislakes.com. Our website is smugbuds.com, and the podcast is at smugbuds on Twitter and Instagram.